Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing all right? I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Me and Natalie had a great vacation. When we were there, we didn't want to come home, but now that we're home, we're glad we're here, right? Sorry, we were right by the ocean. We, were, we could hear it in our hotel room. It was just, we had an amazing time, but I, I love coming back when you, you kind of miss church for a week and getting back into the house of God, getting around people like you. Um, it just, uh, it reminds me why I love to do what I do, and uh, I just love church and I love being here. So um, glad to be back uh, with you guys today. We, we uh, have a a special treat, and we're going to have uh, Mr. Blake Duffendack himself is going to come up and, and give you a message today. Me and, uh, so yeah, yeah, me and Blake, we've been, um, we've been, gosh, we've been, we've been friends for a really long time. Um, we, we did ministry together in Amarillo for seven and a half, eight years together. We hung out with each other way too much. Like my wife got jealous, we were hanging out way so much. We worked out every day together, we hung out. Um, but this, this guy is, uh, he's an amazing man of God. He's a man of faith and, um, he's just one of my best friends. He loves this house, him and his wife. He'll tell you a little bit of a story today. Um, him and his wife, Vicki, they, um, they literally moved all the way from Redding, California to be a part of planning this church and, uh, for what God wants to do in this town. And, um, so they're just amazing people, some amazing home church pastors. So without further ado, can you guys give it up for Mr. Blake Duffendag? What an intro. Best friends, wow. Now I'm super excited to be here, and it's just like God to be so faithful and move that much already, so if I completely bomb, we all just still got something out of today, so it's awesome. Now I'm so glad to be here, and even just, I thought I would be so cool, calm, and collected, and during worship, I was just a mess. And then Keith gets up here, and he starts talking about trust, and I just think about my life, and I'm going to share a little bit, but like just specifically, I've trusted and believed and wanted a wife so bad, and not just a wife, but I wanted a woman that's going to love God the same as I do, or more would be fine, <laughs> and he gave me that, and we got to share the platform today. It was so special. God is just so faithful and trusting him for so long that I would have that. And then it just happened in an instant, which I'll share our story. But all that to say, this is an awesome moment to be up here, to be able to bring the message. It's a privilege. Thank you. Pastor Braden, Leanne, Keith, Natalie. Braden, fun fact, was actually my first youth pastor in Amarillo. And then his brother was my youth pastor. And so we've all just kind of been connected and then somehow ended up back here in Lubbock, Texas. But today... I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about faith today. I want to talk about specifically what it looks like for us to walk by faith. I remember for me when I was junior, senior in high school, I was about 17. I was a believer. I was saved. I believed in God, but my life just really wasn't that different. I went to church, believed in God, but it really didn't look that much different than everyone else's. I wasn't really doing much for the Lord but I remember I woke up one morning, literally a wake-up call, and I woke up with just this phrase in my head. It was just James 2.17, James 2.17. And at the time, I didn't know a ton of scripture, 
wasn't reading my Bible a lot. So I was just like, what? James 2.17. I don't have any friends named James. It's not their phone number. It's not long enough. Don't need to call anyone. So I'm like, what is that? Might be a scripture. Has to be a scripture. And it just kept playing in my head as I woke up. And so I remember I was like, okay, where is my Bible? Where's my Bible? I need to find my Bible to look at the scripture. So I dusted it off. And I turned, looked in the index at the front. Where's James? Page 2, 1006. Perfect. This is kind of how it happened. So dust it off my Bible. Go to James 2, 17. And it says this. And it's really cool because this was the Bible that I had way back then. And it literally says wake up call next to it. It says this. James 2, 17. We all know it. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. This is what I woke up to. <laughs> awesome. And so, but it really wasn't this like condemning thing that the Lord was saying to me. It actually encouraged me. It was actually something the Lord saying, hey, there's more than what you're doing. Hey, there's more to this Christian thing. There's more than just believing in me. There's more than just going to church. I have more for you. That's what this spoke to my spirit. Faith without works is dead. So today, I want to kind of unpack a little bit more of this passage. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to James 2. We'll start in verse 14, or I think we'll have it on the screen. We're going to read about 10 verses. I know most of you are already halfway done with your, your Bible plan by now, so 10 verses should be fine. So we'll start in James 2, 14. It says this, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, I love the sarcasm here, goodbye, have a nice day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, Someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there's one God. Again, love this. Good for you. The demons also believe that there's one God, and they tremble in terror. Great company there. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right by God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. So during this message, I kind of want to unpack, it's already packed, I'm going to unpack it, this passage of scripture. So will you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you so much for this time in your presence. We thank you so much for your faithfulness that you are here in our midst, that you are speaking to us. We just pray that you continue to do through this message. 
Holy Spirit, you speak through me, that your words will rest on your people and impact change, impact motivation, courage, boldness, whatever it is we need, Lord, we thank you that you provide. In Jesus' name, amen. So, how many of you are like me? You look at scripture, you see all these amazing men and women of God, all these amazing things that they did, killing Goliath with a rock, parting the Red Sea, all of these things, and you're just like, cool. That's not, like, it's not realistic. Like, it's unworldly. Like, sometimes you're just like, you can't even wrap your head around it. Like, I've thrown a rock at my brothers before, and it didn't have the same impact. So, like, you see all these big, huge things, and you're just like, it's motivating, it's encouraging. We even hear all these messages about David and Goliath, and it gets you amped and pumped. But sometimes it's just like, but what does that have to do with me? It gets me amped up, but, like, am I going to fight a giant? Am I going to? And you start having these thoughts, like, has anybody parted a sea lately? No one has. Okay. Anybody mastered turning wine into water? Please. Because 4th of July is at your house, if that's the case. Okay. I mean, I am 30, and I'm preaching today. So if somebody has water, I can try it, because Jesus started his ministry when he was 30. Okay. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. Hilarious. Okay. You get the point. We see these big things, and sometimes we just, it's so hard to relate to these monster things, or it can be so intimidating to see this massive thing and think, how am I ever going to get to that point? But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the small steps of faith, not these monumental things that we see. I want to talk about the little things, because if you actually look at David's life, you can see that it was these small steps of faith along the way that led to these amazing moments. Like David was anointed king, and then he had to go back and be a shepherd. That takes faith. My favorite one of that is like when somebody's like, David killed Goliath, but he practiced with a lion and a bear. I'm like, still doesn't relate to me. He practiced with a lion and a bear? I don't think I could kill a cat and a squirrel. Like, good luck. So it's still like, you want to, I want to look at the small things. If you look at Mary, literally an angel came to Mary, gave her a word from the Lord that she's going to give birth to the Messiah. And she, she made a commitment that she's going to keep that word close to her heart. She was going to keep it close to her heart. And she had to endure slander, all of these things because she was pregnant. She wasn't married. That takes faith. That takes daily steps of faith. And then she gave birth to the Son of God. But she was faithful with the little. If you look at Abraham, we see in that passage, he took his son Isaac on the altar because he was obeying the Lord, this big, huge, monumental step of faith that we can't even fathom. But if you look at his life, he believed for a son for years and years and years. He was over 100 years old. That's faith. That's daily choices to say, I'm going to commit to this walk of faith. So what I want to talk about is for us, what does this look like in modern times? What does this look like for us today to walk in faith? So what I want to do is 
share a little bit of my story, mine and Vicky's story of the past few years of what this has looked like for us. So for me, I grew up in Amarillo, Texas, went to high school there, right out of high school, I started serving at a church, went on staff at a church, and um, I was the facilities guy. I cleaned the church, set up for events, whatever needed to be done around in the buildings, mowing the lawn, that's what I did. I did that for about six years, and then the last two years I was there, I was the elementary pastor for the last two years I was there. So this is kind of my story in Amarillo of what I was doing. I was working at this church, and I just remember it was comfortable. It was familiar. I had grown up there. I had been at this church for seven or eight years. It was what I knew, and my perspective was somebody asked me, hey, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I guess I'm going to become a pastor here because that looked like that's, that's what you do. You just kind of move up. I'm an elementary pastor, and so I thought I would literally be in Amarillo for probably the rest of my life. I didn't see anything past that. But all of a sudden, in about 2018, 2017, I started having these feelings like I'm not going to be in Amarillo for very much longer. And that was something completely new to me. Like I said, I thought I would be there forever. I started getting these feelings, so I started praying about it, going to the Lord, like, what is this? What's, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to leave? When am I supposed to leave? And the Lord really said nothing. And so I just kept praying, journaling, and I remember a specific time I was journaling, and I was like, why do I have this feeling? I have this feeling that I'm supposed to leave Amarillo. I have this feeling like there has to be more than what I'm experiencing. Like, I was so small-minded. Like, I couldn't think past what was going on in the four walls of the church that I was at. I couldn't even think about what else was going on in my city as much as the nation and the world. Like, as Christians, we're supposed to think like that. And at the time, I was just like, uh, what we're doing here? Like, what is God doing here? Didn't even cross my mind what God was doing elsewhere. And this was the frame that I was in, and I was started to get frustrated of just like, there has to be more than what you're doing in these four walls. You have to be bigger than this. And it just started stirring more and more of there has to be more, there has to be more. Then the feeling of I'm leaving Amarillo, I'm leaving Amarillo. And I remember I sat down and I was journaling. And I was like, Lord, what is this? What do I do with this? And I remember specifically the Lord said this statement to me. And I wrote it down. It said, you can stay here as long as you want. And I will bless you. But there will be a lid on what I can do. And I remember in that moment, it was an invitation. It was an invitation for faith, and it was an invitation for more. Like, you can stay here, and I'll stay with you. Like, God is that faithful. You can stay. I'll be with you. I will bless you. But it's not going to be the more that you're wanting. So I remember that moment was this invitation for faith, an invitation to take a step and do something, an invitation just to say yes. And I remember I was like, heck no, I don't want to live on what you're going to do. 
I don't know what I'm saying yes to, but I want more. And I remember after that, it was like, okay, I said yes. Where am I going to go? When am I going to go? That's what I heard. Nothing. Like, okay, Lord, like I said, yes, what am I doing? Where am I going? And there was just nothing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to call Keith. He hears from the Lord. So I call Keith. I'm, he was in throughout the whole process. Okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. What should I do? At the time, Keith was in Midland at Renew Life Church in Midland. Like, was it, does it make sense for me to go there, be with y'all, hang out? What would I do there, work in the oil field? I think my pants are too tight to do that. So it's like, it didn't make sense, didn't have peace on it. So it's like, no. So we just continued. I prayed, he and his family prayed for me. All this stuff, it was a process of a couple weeks of just like, Lord, like, where do I go? And the Lord was just like, yeah. Wherever you want to go, I trust you. Wherever you want to go. I'm just like, it would be really cool if you would just tell me so I know that I can get it right. That didn't happen. And so after a couple weeks, I remember Keith called me. He was like, hey, me and Natalie, we were looking at this school. And he's like, not saying it's from the Lord. Just check it out. Let me know what you think. And it was Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. I knew about Bethel listened to a few messages, but I didn't know anything really about the school. So I remember I immediately went to the website, looked at it, and right away it just hit me. I was like, this is what I want. This is the more. This is, I want to know what God is doing around the world. I want to know what God is doing outside of Amarillo, Texas. And this was the perfect opportunity. This is an amazing school in Redding, California, and Students from all over the world go to this school. There's about 1,200 students in our class, and I think like over at least close to 50%, it doesn't matter, people are from somewhere else other than America. So it was really cool. So I see that, and I'm like, this is it. And literally made that decision, saw the website, applied, got accepted, and moved to Redding, California within four or five months. Like, it happened quick. And I remember... As soon as I get to Reading, I'm at this coffee shop, and I just meet these people from Australia and England and Switzerland and Sweden, and I'm just like, and they're telling me their story about how they encountered God, what their relationship with God is like, and I'm like, God has a passport? Like, <laughs> God's there too? Like, this was the mindset I had of just like, what are you talking about? you can talk about God in an accent. Like, I, I didn't think he was over there. I didn't think he traveled. I knew he was where I was. No, so it was just this immediately just God was literally blowing the lid off what I knew. He was blowing the lid off this perspective, this small perspective that I had for him. And then, that's all crazy. Two weeks later, all of a sudden, I meet this amazing, beautiful Irish girl from Dublin, Ireland, that came all the way to the school. She fell in love immediately. <laughs> and this is when stuff just gets crazy. This is when walking by faith was 
this crazy adventure that I never thought was possible. And so the Lord, I'm pretty sure I learned in that year more from Vicky than I did from the school. And that's not a knock on the school. It's just the Lord knew what I needed. And what he did through our relationship showed me a whole nother perspective of God. And I just remember we start dating and the Lord is just breaking off all this religion from me. This stuff that I thought I knew about faith, this stuff about works that I thought I knew, how I thought it works when you pray, you fast, you have to believe for it, you have to fight for it. All this stuff was just literally getting confronted around every corner. And just to give you reference, I remember Vicky and I are in this worship service and we're in worship and of course me, I'm just like, trying to encounter the Lord. I'm just pressing in to worship. And then Vicky's just, woo, like, effortlessly just encountering the Lord, all this stuff. And I'm just, like, eyes squinted. And I literally remember I felt the Lord said to me, he was like, what would you do if I walked in the room? Like, if you saw me walk in the room, what would you do? I was like, i I would, I, don't, I would hope to shake your hand as you left. Like, I, I would let everyone do their thing, and then I'd hope to catch you. At the, like, that was literally the picture that I had in my head that I would do if I saw Jesus walk into the room. And he was just like, okay, what would Vicky do? And immediately, I just saw her, like, get up, jump over four chairs, and literally just bear hug him with legs and arms around and not let him go, not let anyone touch him, and I was literally trying to grab her in this image of like, that's embarrassing. That's it, like, stop it, quit. Give everyone a chance. And so I have this picture, and the Lord showed me in that moment, this sobering moment of like, this is the difference between religion and relationship. You're called to do this with me, not for me. This is a partnership. And so that was a sobering moment. If you ever want to know where you stand, just ask yourself that question. If Jesus walked in the room, what would you do? Um, so we start dating, and this is like everything's happening so fast. Like our first date, we're hanging out. We just sit and talk for about five hours and literally talk about everything. Like we didn't hide anything, our past, what's going on now, what we want in the future, our families, all this stuff. I remember calling Keith I called him after like every date. We were talking about it in pre-service. And I was like, hey, I know I've, <laughs> I know I've only been gone for two weeks. But uh, I found this girl, and I'm pretty sure she's the one. And he's like, bro, chill. <laughs> like, just, just relax. Like, I'm glad you got out of Amarillo, but chill. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like, I'm serious. Like, we have these conversations, and I'm explaining it to him. And he's just like, okay, and like each time I remember more and more, he's like, did you talk about this? Did you do this? I'm like, yes, yes. But the whole time I'm like, you can't do this. It can't just happen like this. Like I have to work or do something to like have this relationship. Like I didn't know that it, when you know you know was actually a real thing. And so me feeling that I have something that's getting confronted again of like it can't be this easy. So I'm just struggling. Vicky is just like, I know, the Lord said, 
she had this word as soon as she got to Reading. The Lord said, you will be in this land for many years, which she knew that meant she wasn't going back to Ireland. So she was either going to get a job somehow that was going to take care of her visa, or she was going to get married and get a green card. And of course, as soon as she laid eyes on me, she's like, I guess it's marriage. (laughs) So she was right. She was right. Lucky lady. And so anyways, I'm having this battle. And I remember the Lord was just so faithful and confirming. He was just like, there was a, a time where we were dating, we're in worship again, we're holding hands and we're praying together, and I'm like battling this inside of me of like, is this okay, is this right, it's happening super fast. And as we're praying together, I just get this image of a hand coming down and stamping our hands, and it was just this big red approved. And I was like, wow, that's so, like, that's awesome. Like, thank you, Lord. And... Um, I remember we get done praying, and Vicky's like, did you get anything? And I was like, yeah, did you? And she's like, yes, I saw this big hand come down and stamp us, and it said approved. And literally, she got the exact same image as I did in the exact same moment. Like, the Lord was so faithful to be like, I am in this. This is okay. I'm doing something. I was like, I'm still not sure. Still not sure. So then... In our class, we did this activity. Still, like, I'm not sure. I love her. I know I want to marry her. But we do this activity where it's a prophetic activity. You draw a name of somebody in your class, and then you have to bring an object the next day and basically give them a word, a prophetic word based on that object, right? Super cool exercise, actually. But before that, Vicky and I were hanging out, and... It's winter time, and she's like, I need a hot water bottle. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, my hot water bottle, I left it at home. I need to find one because it's getting cold. Does anybody know what a hot water bottle is? Exactly. A few of you. This is a hot water bottle. Let me see. Brought it just for reference. It's not a whoopee cushion. This is a hot water bottle. You boil the kettle. And you pour the hot water in there, you fill it up, and then it's just nice and cozy. So I guess they use it a lot over there in Ireland. And so she needed this, so we go to Walmart. And Vicky goes up to an associate at Walmart, which they're always super helpful. And she goes up, and <laughs> she's like, do you, have a, do you have a hot water bottle? I can't do an Irish accent. And uh, she's like, sorry, do you have a hot water bottle? And the guy's just like, they're lukewarm. They're in aisle 14. I don't, like, and I'm literally like, I, I would have said the same thing. Like, I get it. I don't know what she's talking about. Well, this is what she was talking about. Of course, they don't have one. So this is what she's talking about. So go back. We have this activity. This girl gets up. She drew my name. She calls me up, and she's like, this is super weird. Like, she's kind of nervous. She's like, this is really weird. The Lord told me to give this thing to you, and I literally told all my roommates, like, I'm not going to do it. This is weird. And she's like, the Lord just told me to give you this pink hot water bottle that I brought. She was, like, from Sweden or something. She was like, I literally brought this from home, and the Lord told me to give it to you. 
And the Lord said that this hot water bottle is going to bring you comfort. It's going to help you, encourage you. She did. Um, Gosh. So it's just God's faithfulness again, like, this is okay. She's the one. Go for it. Lean into it. So it goes on. Is this my time? Okay. (laughs) It goes on. Remember even, like, telling Keith, like, this is crazy. All this stuff's happening. The Lord's on it. We're getting married. This is it. The Lord's confirmed it so many times. The Lord even confirmed it with Keith at a separate thing. Somebody gave him a word that was like, hey, you have somebody close to you that's about to enter into a covenant relationship. He's going to be calling you to get you guidance for encouragement. So the Lord even confirmed it with him because he's like, this is crazy. I don't know how to navigate him through this. So the Lord even confirmed somebody that we brought in to be a part of this. And it was just unbelievable how the Lord just shattered my view on faith and walking by faith and what he can do. And in that time, we got married March 20 of 2020, literally the day the two-week quarantine happened that lasted two years. That was the day we got married. Parents couldn't go. We FaceTimed them in. We got married in somebody's backyard. And uh, yeah, all of that happened. We got engaged, married, moved states, had a baby, got a house. Somebody gave us a car, not just a car, but a Range Rover. All of that happened in a year and three months of us getting married and all of that, moving here a year and three months, which is unbelievable what the Lord did. But what I want to point out is it's such a cool story what the Lord did. And you see these big moments of like, wow, that happened so fast. You met your wife, you got engaged, married, all this stuff. But I want you to see today that all of that happened because a decision I made back in Amarillo. All that big stuff happened because a small yes that I had no idea what I was saying yes to. That one little baby step of faith. God was able to do all of that because I said yes to something small. That I just said yes to more. God said, you can stay here and I will bless you, but there will be a lid on what I can do. Basically, you can stay here or here's an invitation for more. Do you want it? She said, yeah, I want it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what's going to happen. And look what the Lord did with one simple, small yes. So I just want to encourage you today. It's not something big. It's not parting the Red Sea. It started with Moses walking up to a bush that was on fire. It's a simple Yes, it's a simple, small thing. If we go back to that scripture in James 2, the small thing that he references at the very beginning is this. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. You say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give the person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Literally, James is just saying, If you love God, you love people. If you see somebody in need, wouldn't you help them? He starts with something so small. Give somebody food. 
And then he goes to Abraham, who put Isaac on the altar to sacrifice him. What was that? Abraham was just obeying. Obeying is another act of faith, just like feeding the homeless, giving somebody food, somebody clothes. It's activating your faith. It's walking by faith. It doesn't have to be these big monumental things. You're making deposits. These small yeses lead to these big moments. I know there's people in here that you might think, oh, I'm 30 or I'm so-and-so to meet my wife. That's gonna be two years and I'm 32 and then we're gonna have kids. I'm gonna be almost 40 by the time I have kids. And it's like, no, like listen to my story, how fast God can do something. He works with moments. Be faithful with the little and watch what he will do. If you're wanting life, literally one thing I started doing was I started putting the toilet seat down by faith. (laughs) Sounds ridiculous. I got around people that had healthy marriages and I wanted the same thing and I wanted my wife to freaking love me. So I started putting the toilet seat down when I was roommates with two guys. Pointless, right? But my wife freaking loves me. I mess up sometimes, but anyways, maybe you're wanting to start a business and something's holding you back because it's this big, huge thing. I wanna start this business. I wanna get to this certain point. And maybe the Lord's just saying, hey, start journaling. Get out a notepad and pen. Believe that I'll speak to you about your business. Believe that I'll give you vision for the future. Believe I'll give you practical steps to do to create this empire, whatever you're wanting to build. It starts with the small things. Maybe you're in here and you've been walking with the Lord and you're like, I just read in scripture and I wanna see the sick healed. I wanna pray for people and see them healed on the spot. Where does that start? Encourage somebody. Tell somebody about Jesus at work. Pray for somebody in the grocery store. It's not this big, huge thing. It starts with the simple yes. So as we close, I wanna leave you with just these three practical things that I believe will help us walk by faith each and every day. Just these small things that we can do that create these big moments. Number one is consistency. Just like Keith read in ministry time, Proverbs 3, five through six says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Consistency. Seek God's will in all you do. Every area of your life, your ministry, your kids, your family, your work, your marriage. Seek God in all of these things. Do what you know to do. Do what's in front of you. Number two, community. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. God actually gave the gift of encouragement to believers. For what? To encourage other believers. He gave this gift to encourage one another. There's no way we could have navigated these past three years without community. It's helped us get through so much, helped us avoid mistakes, helped us get to this point where we are right now. Community will change your life. Get involved in a home church. 
get involved in church, volunteer, get around healthy community. There were times where I wasn't confident that I heard God, but I could get around people that I knew did and they could bring clarity to everything I was feeling. You were never meant to do this alone. Get involved in community. And the last thing, confidence. Confidence. Have confidence that you hear God's voice. If anything is telling you you don't, it's a lie. If you're saved in here, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and he is speaking. You just have to learn to listen. The more you listen, the more you obey to what he's saying, the more confident you'll get in doing the next thing. The more confident you'll get that you hear his voice. Speak it out loud. I hear God's voice. I hear God's voice. Speak it out loud and you will believe it. You will get confident that he is near, that he is close, that he will speak to you. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You hear his voice. He's speaking to you. So all that to say, if faith without works is dead, then faith with works is life. Our story is so life-giving. It's fulfilling, it's satisfying. It was frustration at times. It was craziness at times. But it's this fun, amazing journey. It's life-giving. It's fulfilling. It's satisfying. Amen? So when you think about living by faith, don't think of these big, huge things that you have to accomplish. I want you to just think about saying yes to the little things and watch what God will do with the rest. Amen? Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.